As I, as I was saying, that this week is our last week in our series called Follow Me. And during this series, we've been looking at um, real-world, modern discipleship kind of issues. And our, in our final week, we're going to tackle an issue that has become really an increasing problem within our society, and that is of bullying. We need to be mindful that maybe this may be a, a, a touchy subject because maybe one of us or one of our kids is going through this and maybe what I bring up may raise some emotions. So we just need to be mindful of that as we do this. But what I want to do is, is allow us to go, how can we be a fully devoted disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ? How can we follow our God and be a disciple in our modern world. So I want to start with a question. How many of you have ever been picked on, made fun of, teased or bullied by somebody? There's a few. There's a few. Because I think, you know, bullying is nothing new. It's actually been around for quite some time. And I asked uh, this question in our first service when we had... Um, our older generations there. And interestingly, they all said yes. So it's not something that is just a modern day thing. It's been going on for years. And actually, if we delve into the Bible, we have a look at one of the really well-known stories within scripture, which is David and Goliath. We actually see a bullying situation there if we look at it. You know, Goliath bullied and it mocked and intimidated the people of Israel. And you can see that that's actually a bullying situation. But things have definitely changed, you know, um, in, in what we talk about as bullying. The question that really comes to me is, what should we as Christians, what should we as a church do to this increasing level of bullying that is going on in our world? You know, believe it or not, we... Um, it, it's kind of a really salient point that we're looking at this because, you know, Caleb, myself, Linda, who all have to do this mandatory training within the Uniting Church, you know, as ministers we all need to do these, this training and part of it is our code of ethic, our code of conduct, the way we behave. We have to do these courses all the time and our latest course was on bullying, you know, to identify it, to make sure that we don't do it, how do we respond to it in a given situation, a partial situation, when we find others who are being bullied and we, we have that time together. So we need to actually realise that for us, we, we need to understand what bullying is, what bullying isn't. And I want to give you a really dry definition, but it is, it's really important that we have a look at it. Uh, bullying is characterised by the acts of intentional harm repeated over time in a relationship where an imbalance of power exists. Notice that. No, notice what it was. They're, they're just not one-off instances. We can have um, times when we disagree with one another or have a little you know, argument. That's an argument. That's not actually moving into bullying. It's, an, it's a point of trying to do intentional harm repeatedly, time and time again, in a relationship where there is an imbalance of power, so somebody has greater power than the person who is being a victim. It includes 
Physical actions may include physical actions or it may include verbal actions, but it also includes social exclusions. So things like you know, punching, kicking, biting, they're all a physical action. Verbal actions, threats, name-calling, um, insults, racial or sexual innuendos and comments, all those things are verbal actions. And social exclusion, such as spreading rumours or ignoring, gossiping, excluding people, they're all parts of what people use to do bullying. Now, you may go, well, you know, it, what, what is happening? You know, is bullying actually a reality in our world? How many people think that bullying actually is a reality in our lives as adults, but also in the lives of our kids? And I, I, th I think that, you know, to be honest, our kids cop it a lot at school, don't they? But we as adults also experience it. It may be in the workplace. It may be, you know, we, we, we're in a social situation and for some reason you said something or done something and people just want to exclude you for that. But, you know, one of the things that um, is also the case, and we need to be really careful of this, is there's a prevalence of elder bullying. So when you're actually bullying those who are older than us, especially those who are getting older and in, time, in years and aren't able to look after themselves as much. And it often happens because of a younger uh, family member not looking after their older parents as well. But what are some of the stats? You know, there was a recent study of 20,000 students. It's a reasonably big number, so it's reasonably significant in our Australian schools from kids aged 8 to 14. And over a quarter of those students reported that they had been bullied at school. And that's pretty amazing. Over a quarter, 27%. The, the good thing is they did this a few years before that and it was 38%. So the numbers have gone down. And that's a good thing in Australia. And the numbers have gone down. The most common behaviour, reported bullying behaviour, is, is basically, you know, um, uh, telling lies and gossiping and, you know, the most common years for this behaviour, bullying behaviour to happen is in year five and year eight. Right? For those kids, those parents who've got kids going through uh, year five, um, it's happening. Oh, those kids are about to come into year eight, it's happening. Unfortunately, I think, you know, I think that's one of those, you know, funny years within school. You're not the top dog and you're no longer the little ones, are you? You, you, you're up, you, you're in that middle place and unfortunately I think what, what kids tend to do when they're at the middle place, they're not one or the other, they tend to try and exert their influence. The funny thing is females tend to be more covert in their way they bully and males tend to be more in your face. It seems, it seems pretty much, you know, um, reality for life, doesn't it? A little bit behind the scenes and males want to be right up there in front of you all the time. But the thing that really got me, and really got me thinking about this, is if you look at the stats, 87% of those who have been bullied, and the times they've been bullied, reported that onlookers were there and they did nothing. Even worse, they participated. They wouldn't help. And this is something that we need to change. This is something as a church that we need to really take on. 
It's got even worse for us because not only was it, you know, uh, the case where, you know, bullying is just words and stuff, but if you think about it, nowadays, how many kids have one of these things? How many people, adults, have got mobile phones and connected devices, internet, everything else? There's this whole thing about cyberbullying. Um, and if you, if you go back in a little bit of time, there was this really famous case of um, Amanda Todd. She, and she was a Canadian girl. She posted a video on um, uh, uh, YouTube about her time in being bullied and um, being abused, cyber stalked, all sorts of, you know, physically abused, um, going from school to school to school. And she did it with these flip cards. And she was trying to reach out and find somebody that would, you know, understand her. And after this, she actually committed suicide a month later. And it was one of these viral videos. Because she committed suicide, everybody was wanting to look at it and go, isn't it terrible? They finally caught the person that was doing um, this horrible stuff to her uh, through Facebook. And she was in Canada. He was in um, Norway, I think it was. But the thing is, cyberbullying is just as damaging and if, if not, sometimes even more so than the stuff that happens in the playground and in our lives. It's always, it's always there. The thing is that, you know, you know how we talk about we're always connected with the internet and stuff? If people are constantly bombarding you with that, then you've got to learn how to disconnect from that as well. So what should our response be? This is the question that kind of came up with, you know, that really got me today. What should our response be when we see a world and situation where there are bullying, where bullying is happening? The thing is that, you know, and I, I want to share with you a piece of scripture. I'm going to put it up in the, I'm going to share with you a couple of pieces of scripture. Now, I'm going to put this up um, because it's going to be important for us to understand this so that we can understand our response as well. The first one comes from Matthew 5, uh, verses 14 through to 16. And it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavour, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under, underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see the good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, Jesus wants us to be Christians who are willing to go into the world to show his love and to make a difference in people's lives not just to hide back and be cloistered up in the four walls of the church, but to actually show and express his love in practical, real ways. So what does it really mean for us to become a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to follow Jesus Christ? Well, here we have something, you know, it talks about that you are the salt. And salt, in the, back in the, the biblical times, 
and, and still now, is used as a preservative. It's to preserve, it's to keep f food from going bad. So we're, we're called upon to help the world and those around us to stop going bad. And then Jesus goes on and then says, you know, not only are you the salt, you're the preservative, you're to keep things good. But you are the light also. And this light shines into the darkness. It, it represents the good that we do. The good that we do in the love that we have. If we're not willing to express our love, to let the light of Jesus Christ shine through us and out into the world, then we are not fulfilling what it means to follow Jesus Christ. We're not actually being a disciple in action. It's not actually being real to our call and the call that Jesus had on our world. So what should we do? We should become the light to the world, the light to your world. Let's not just go, well, we've got to do something really big out there. You have a sphere of influence within your life, don't you? You've got people that you know, you've got family, <coughs> you've got friends, you've got acquaintances around, you've got neighbours, you've got work colleagues. That's your world. Let us be a light to that. And I was thinking, what, what else should we be? What, are, what other response should we have? You know, as a church, as individuals, as Christians, we should refuse to do nothing. It kind of seems backwards. But see, the thing is we need to act. We need to do something because silence is not an option. Have you ever heard the expression carpe diem? It, it means to seize the day. It literally means to take hold of what is happening today and make a difference for us. And I want to share this scriptural basis of that term for us. And I want to share this of how we can be this. This is a, a, a bit of a, a bigger reading and I, I'll put a big block of text up there for you. But this is, this is from Ephesians, Ephesians 5 verses 9 through to 16. And it's continuing on the theme of light and being a light to the world around us. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So this is Christ's light within you. This is God's love within you, working through you. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, rebuke and expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But when the light shines on them, it becomes clear how evil these things are. And where your light shines, it will expose their evil deeds. This is why it says, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the deeds, and Christ will give you light. So be careful now how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Seize the day, carpe diem, for doing good in these evil days. We need to learn as individuals, as a church, as people. We need to speak out against people who are bullying. We cannot ignore bullying. Ignoring bullying gives it silent approval. You know when I said that statistic about people that stood around and watched and did nothing? They gave silent approval. We need to not do that. We need to speak up. 
We need to look for ways to help people who are struggling with being bullied. And one of the effects of that is depression. We need to look for people who, who may be showing that sign of depression because of the things that are happening in there. Social isolation. Who are being bullied. As Christians, we are called to love radically, to bring in that healing light into this world. We really need to understand what bullying is, know the signs and know how we can help. You know, I want to give you some practical tips, and this is especially for parents, but it, it also is for, for everybody. You can, you can take it out there. But one of the things that we need to learn to do, and for parents, but also for individuals and people, um, we need to learn to nurture self-esteem. One of the most important things, don't be critical about everything, but be supportive in the way that you react to your, your children, but react to those, and let's take it outside of parenting, just to those around us. If somebody's being bullied, what is happening? They're being pulled down, they're being you know, criticised and, and abused. But if you nurture their self-esteem and say, you know, being supportive and giving them positive reinforcement in their life, then they have more ability to withstand the onslaught that is happening. So we need to learn to nurture self-esteem. We need to praise our children, praise the people that you're helping for the good, for the effort that they are doing. Be consistent with our dis discipline that we're doing. You know, be consistent in the way that we react and the way we behave because if we're consistent, our kids will understand that that is the behaviour that is going to happen. Consistency in our responses are really important. We need to learn to make time. Time for those in our family. Set an example. Be adaptable. You know, if you're trying to do something or you're trying to help, your child, maybe your child's come to you and said, you know, I've had this happen to me today and you tried something, don't just continue to do the same thing expecting different results. Adapt to the situation. Work with your child. Work with the people that you're doing. And you also need to make time for yourself because you need to be refreshed in order to help others. These are important little practical things that we can do within our own family to help, but also within our relationships that we have with other people. And it caught me wondering, what else would our response be? What else would it be? And it really, we need to learn to, to take hold of this moment, to get up and let the light of the Lord shine through us. You know, there's, there's a piece of scripture I want to share with you. It's from Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2, and it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will, wish, will be seen upon you. We need to show the glory of God to the world around us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the light of God's love upon our lives so that we can respond in such a way that is life-giving, affirming and will change people's lives. See, the challenge for us, and this was actually one of the challenges that, you know, and, and why we as ministers uh, have to look at this stuff, but I think it's really important for each and every one of us to actually understand the basis of bullying is that we need to never, ever become the bully. 
And we need to understand what bullying is, but we need to know that we should never, ever become the bully in whatever way. You know, you, it might, don't be physical. Don't use the language. Let's, let's have a look at scripture because this will help us. Ephesians 4, verse 29 and 31 and 32 tell us, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your world... Worlds will be, your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of mal- malicious behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. There, there's great words there. What are we, what are we to do? We're, we're to show love. You know, last week I talked about what, what, what did Jesus say that will show that we are Christians? It's by the love that we have. And so we need to realise that we need to express our love. And we can do this in practical ways by never ever slandering, by being careful with the language that we use. Let everything be helpful that we say. Be encouraging. Get rid of that rage and anger. Don't slander others because... As, as we do it, if we would consistently say those words to people, that's when it moves into bullying. We should never want to do that. We should never become a part of that. I just want to share with you seven things. And the, the, the first one was never, ever be bullying. Uh, but we need to realise the power of our words. Because Proverbs, Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of your tongue because words that we say really have impact whether it's words that you write online or words that you say physically with your mouth they have impact they have power and life and death you can either pull somebody down or you can lift somebody up and i choose to lift somebody up if you see someone being bullied or struggling with depression then we need to do something about it we need to act We need not to be silent. If you feel that you've been bullied, reach out to someone. Come and and speak to me or come and speak to Caleb or or somebody else. If If it's a work situation, tell somebody about it. Tell somebody in power about it. Be honest. If you're struggling with depression because of bullying or whatever it might be, we need to be honest with ourselves and get help. But we also need to hear what the Word of God says to you about this, that you are loved, that you're accepted, that you're especially and wonderfully and importantly made, that you are valuable and valued. These are the words of Scripture, that you are special, that you are valued. And let us show practical love to every, everybody around us, day in, day out. We need to look for people who are lonely and hurting and reach out to them in love. These are practical things. This is what it actually means to follow Jesus Christ. It is a practical example of living within our modern world now, is to not let bullying continue. We want to get that statistic of people being bullied not from 27, but we want to drop it to zero because we want to make an influence. Those of us who are strong and able in our faith need to step up and lead 
and lend a hand to those who falter. Let's not just do what is convenient, let's do what is right, what is just. Strength is for service, not for status. Each of us needs to look after the good of the people around us. Asking ourselves, how can I help? What is it that I can do in this situation? You know, you may have heard the very famous quote from Edmund Burke that says, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Which really says, we cannot stay silent on matters that are important. Matters of people's life. Matters where bullying is happening. We need to stand up and be counted and make a difference. So let us let the light of Jesus Christ work through us and into the world. Let us refuse to do nothing. Let us stand up and be accounted. Let us arise and shine the light of Christ upon the people around us. So let us just pray. And I want, what I want to do today is I want you to think of somebody that you know that may be going through bullying at this moment. And I want you to have their name in your head. I want you to pray for them as I pray. So when I, when I talk about this, place their name into that prayer for yourself. So let us just pray together. Because the power of prayer is so important, so strong. It changes people's lives. Let's just pray. My Lord God, May your light shine through us today. May the love that you had for the whole of creation be evident in our lives. Today we pray for those that we name. We pray because they are facing difficulty in their lives. Harsh words, physical threats, bullying. Lord, we name them for ourselves and we ask that your love be with them. But Lord, we pray that we may be able to offer them the love, the support, the care, the voice to stand up and fight the bullying behaviour that is happening. Let us not be silent on this matter. Let us be strong and brave. Lord, help us to support, to be consistent, to show your love in practical ways to those who need your love and care the most. Lord, help us to be a church that does not stand silent, but one that is strong and willing to speak up on issues of importance. 
Help us to be a church that stands up and helps those in need. Help us to be a church that wholeheartedly follows you and lives a life of faith, growing deeper in love of your love for us, growing deeper in faith in the work that we do. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.